0: I'm just going to do a quick recap of what we were looking at last week because we were talking about the government of God. God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. In the Genesis 1 it says in the beginning God and it uses the word Elohim which is God in plurality. So Father, Son and the Holy Spirit were involved with creation. He is creator, is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent and is eternal. He's ever-present, all-knowing, and he has all power. Yes? There were original created beings, archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And we said some of the things that they did, the roles that they had uh, in heaven and still possess as well. Michael is a warrior angel, a warring angel. He looks after those warring angels that go bringing about And partnering, really, with the church of Jesus Christ to see God bring down his enemies. So when we get wild in church, can you imagine what's going on with the angels, with the angelic realm, with those warrior angels? That's when we're beginning to make some uh, action in those heavenly realms. Are you with me? Come on, now. Let's, Let's get excited about it. Gabriel is, is the uh, archangel of, of, uh, of the messenger angels. They're bringing messages to the earth. He brought primary messages. And then we have Lucifer, who we said covered God's glory. He had uh, musical instruments inbuilt into his body. And uh, he fell prior to Genesis chapter 1. So whatever we read about from then on in... Lucifer had already fallen, he was already the the devil, the serpent, the accuser of the brethren, Uh, the old dragon was who he is and was at that point. So Genesis 1, 26 uh, to 28 says, God said, let us, i.e. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness. Let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, the tame beasts, over all the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God. He created him male and female. He created them, blessed them, said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. He didn't say uh, use contraception. He didn't say use abortion to try and limit the number of people on the earth. He just said, go multiply. We can still keep filling the earth. He never said, try and cut down on the numbers because we've got a problem. We're not going to be able to feed you or house you or clothe you. That's our problem, not God's problem. So he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it using all its vast resources in the services of God and man, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over every living creature that moves upon the earth. That was the mandate that God gave to us. We said Jesus is king, he has a domain. In the very word kingdom is a king and a domain, a dominion that he has. And God, Elohim, God in plurality, delegated that dominion To mankind, so his domain, his kingdom, he delegated it to man, to Adam and Eve. But it could have been any of us. The psalmist in Psalm 8 says, What is man that you're mindful of him, the Son of man that you visit him? You've made him a little lower than the angels. And I said last week that the translators. Because they were a little bit concerned, they translated Elohim as angels rather than God. But the reality is we've been made a little lower than God because we've already read that we've been made in His image and His likeness to operate like Him. Hello? Not as a substitute in that sense. We're not a God. We're not God's. But he's made us like himself because he wants us to operate like him. We want to be able to speak good things out that those things might begin to transform and change. So he said, what is this man that you've crowned with glory and honor? You've made him to have dominion over the works of his hands. You've put all things under his feet. All things should be under our feet. We should always be over the circumstances, not under them. Hello? We should get away from that silly talk, I'm okay, under the circumstances. You've no business being there. You've been made to triumph over those things. Those things are under your feet. You might be going through some circumstances, but you happen to them. Hello? Kick them about, okay? Deal them a death blow. Satan deceived Adam and Eve, and with that authority, he exerted dominion. But the good news is Jesus came back and he retook the lost authority because when God gave authority to Adam and Eve, he gave it legally and Satan knew that as he had been cast out of heaven and had his authority removed, if he could just cause Adam and Eve to sin, he could regain that authority, if you like, usurp it, take it to himself legally And he could exercise that on the earth. But Jesus came and he, after he had gone uh, from the cross into hell, taken the keys of death and hell and been resurrected, he said to the disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. Therefore, you go, in a sense, with that authority and with it, disciple the nations. Not just get people saved Thank you, sister. Not just get people saved, but discipling the nations, which is a really big task. And he needed a body through which to exercise that authority, and we're it. Hello. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones. And Jesus said, I will build my church, and we're it. Aren't you glad? So Satan no longer has authority. Okay, nobody's excited about that. He hasn't got any authority now, Jesus has it, and he's given it to who? Okay, so say, I've got authority. I've got authority. Okay, we, the body of Christ, if you're wondering what BOC is, body of Christ, we've got it. Okay, so how does Satan operate? He uses some nasty little tactics, stealth tactics, lies Deception, suggestion, temptation—they're some of the things that he uses. He suggested to me when I was a teenager that I hadn't been called to preach. I preached my first sermon as a thirteen-year-old in the Horninglow area, and I suppose a few years—not many—after that, as I was preaching and going dry in the throat. This little voice said, you've not been called to preach. So-and-so has been called to preach, they've been called, but not you. Over a period of time, I tried to rationalise this, and I remember with our youth group, Kevin, when we were at the town mission, just interspersing my message with different items from our youth group, and even within seconds, I was needing to drink water, 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 because my throat was going dry, and After a long time, the next time I was asked to preach, I said, no, I don't do that anymore. I bought into that lie. It was a suggestion from the enemy. It was a lie. It was a deception. But I heard it and I believed it. Hello, I did. And I probably went 10 years until I was involved with Youth for Christ. And in that back room of High Street, Jill and Dave, I remember they were saying, who's going to speak next week? And a person called Jenny Cooper said, Steve will speak. And I thought, oh, my word. By this time, I knew that it was fear that was stopping me from speaking, that was drying my throat. I realized that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to confront this demon. And I did. But I bought into a lie. Now, there's lots of lies, lots of suggestions that the enemy's made to you To stop you doing what he has called you to do, you need to recognise it and deal with it. Hello? Amen. So we're not going to have any of those lies. Now, quickly, Jesus said this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have those keys And authority comes from God, from his throne in heaven. He gives us the keys. He gives us the authority and enables us to unlock what the enemy is locked up and to loose, you know, those things and also to bind the things that the enemy is doing. So we've got the keys. We've got the authority. Is that right? Jesus said, when Pilate said to him, you know, I've got the authority to actually either release you or to crucify you. Jesus said to him, you would have no authority unless it was given to you from above. So we know where authority comes from. Amen. In uh, Romans, Paul says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except by God's appointment. So we can't just blame the government. For things. Hello? We can't just blame people and authority. If if Paul said, every authority is there by God's appointment, then we need to say, God, do something about this situation. Amen? We need to legislate and decree. It takes a government to shift a government. Hello? We are the government of God on the earth, and it's us that will shift the natural government on the earth. So Paul goes on to say, the person who resists such authority, resists the ordinance of God, those who resist will incur judgment. So we need to recognize those in authority, and that's why Paul urges us to pray for them. Now I said that England is ruled from the government in London, whether we like it or lump it. We have an ecclesia, we have a called out group of MPs, That come from across the nation, they come together and they legislate, they make laws in Parliament. If you've ever watched any of the broadcasts, you'll know it's noisy in Parliament. There's a lot of noise, there's a lot of, you know, arguing and shouting to and fro, barracking one another. What amazing when at odd times there's unity in the House. Doesn't happen very often. In the UK, the MPs seek to represent the will of the people, those that have elected them in those areas, and they vote to ratify policy. We call that process democracy, rule by the people. What God always wanted was theocracy, which was ruled by him because he's smarter than us. He set everything in motion. He wants us to allow him to govern us and to rule us because he knows how best everything works. But we think, no, we've got a better idea. Let's let the people rule. But the representatives of the government carry out that government policy. So although England is larger than the parliament... It's a small place, Parliament, when you think about it, in London, that funny black blob there that you can see that's over quite a chunk of there, that's representing Parliament. But in in reality, it's very, very small. But the policies that it makes do affect the whole of the spheres that make up our nation. We can and do affect the spheres of the whole of the nation as we decree and declare what God's will and plan and purpose is. Amen. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, he said, pray like this, will of God, you know, be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Will of God be done. Kingdom of God come again on earth as it is in heaven. So there is that kingdom that needs to come on the earth, there is that will of God that wants to be done, and we're the enforcers of that. Hallelujah. Uh, Colossians one sixteen seventeen 17 says by him all things were created that are in, in heaven and on the earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities and powers all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus he is before all things and in him all things hold together all things consist so there is visible and invisible thrones and dominions, principalities, powers. They're there in that spiritual realm. They've been created for him to do his will on the earth. Paul says to the Corinthian church, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, how can we see those things which are not seen? With the eyes of faith. It sounds ridiculous when Paul says we shouldn't be looking or we don't look at the things which are seen. But reality, we do, don't we? Because as we open our eyes, we see the things around us, what we might term reality. Paul was trying to to teach the church in Corinth that in that invisible realm, there is everything that we need and that is real. Those things that are not seen are what? eternal the things that we can see he said those visible things they're only temporary they're only temporal so you and I have to especially in this decade of I in the decade to look and look again we have to look beyond the natural into the supernatural realm look beyond the visible into the invisible and pull the invisible into the visible that's what we have to do. By faith, manifest that's that that is in that realm, already existing, pulling it into the here and now. But that, that makes all the difference. So there are these thrones, dominions, principalities and powers in the visible and the invisible. There are laws and principles that govern those visible and invisible realms You won't see the law of gravity, we can't see that, but if you get on the top of the building and step off, I guarantee you'll come down. You won't float up. Because there is a principle in that law. And it's only when we use the law of lift and thrust do we ever go up rather than coming down. You know, when you get onto an aircraft, or you get into a micro light or whatever it is, something that begins to overcome those natural Um, principles, they can be overcome, but they can only be overcome for a certain time before those other laws come back in again. You and I can operate in God's laws and supersede the natural laws because we have a supernatural God. Okay, I'm going to say amen to that. But there is this demonic realm. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us whether there are good principalities and bad ones i.e., God's got a government and they're all there trying to do his will, and then Satan, right next to each one of them, has got a bad one and he's trying to, you know, outdo God's, or whether there are principalities and powers, rulers that have been set in place that are, in a sense, amoral, they're not good or bad, but we choose how we get them to operate satan wants them to do bad things or maybe we get them to do good things we don't know do we come on let's be honest it doesn't say those principalities and powers we read that god's made them for him but paul says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but we are wrestling against these principalities and powers But we don't know whether there's counterfeit ones the enemy's put there and the ones that God's put there, do we? But we do know that our prayers can shift them. And I've written Prince of Persia in Greece and Daniel chapter 10 because we know that when Daniel had prayed and asked for revelation, he didn't get an answer for 21 days, so he fasted, he prayed. Gabriel came and Gabriel said, On the first day that you prayed, God sent me with the answer from heaven, But the principality of Persia withstood me, stopped me from coming from the third heaven through the second heaven onto the earth to bring that message. He withstood me for three weeks. But just a moment ago, God released Michael, the warrior angel. He is battling that principality of Persia. And I've come through with the answer. Here's the answer. When I go back, We will deal with that prince and the prince of Greece will come. There will be a change in that area. So we know that we can shift them and that is the area of battle that we have to do with. They are there for God's plans and purposes. But we either let the enemy dictate to them or we do. Does that make sense? So they can do our bidding even if the enemy is trying to usurp his authority. If he's trying to uh, work against them, make them do his will, his plans, his purposes. We know that when we engage in warfare and fasting and prayer, we can shift what is holding things up in that heavenly realm. So that's good news. So God holds ultimate authority. In fact, all authority Uh, as of all of creation, starts with God. It comes from him. Authority rests in his control. We're responsible to him. There is no authority except it comes from God. And the authorities that do exist are appointed by him. Authority cannot be taken. It can only be given and accepted or rejected. Authority is invested in people from a higher power. So if God speaks to you and says, I want you to do this, you can either say yes or no. Is that right? I remember Up Bonkey when he was given the vision for the Minus to Plus booklet project, he said God had already given two other people in the nation the vision to put a booklet in every home but they had said no, and he said, I was the third one that God said to, to do it, and he said, I'm choosing to say yes to God. We'll remember that. Remember when he shared that. So you can either, when God says, I want you to do that, you can say, yes, I'll do it, or no, I'm not going to do it. You either accept that challenge, that mandate, and then the authority that comes with it, or else you reject it. Is that right? So authority is coming down. It isn't coming up. So authority comes down from God. God positions us, gives us the authority and then allows us to operate in that. Authority is delegated. And the word delegate means to entrust to another person a task or a responsibility. Usually from a senior one to oneself. So... God appoints someone in a position and then they delegate other authorities to other people. So we have got in our country a prime minister who is at the moment Theresa May. She gathers around her a cabinet and together they are responsible for different aspects of the government. And then they have departments, each of them, don't they? And they delegate powers to those government departments to do all the things that we need to see happen in our nation to function properly. So power and authority is delegated downwards from God. If we try and work upwards and take it, that is wrong authority. It also means to send or authorise someone to do something as a representative. So we send out from our country ambassadors into other nations and they take the authority of our government into that nation. And they usually take with them diplomatic immunity, usually in in those um, uh, buildings that they have. They usually, although they're on that country's territory, that's seen as belonging to that country where they've sent the ambassador from. So we have got embassies in various different nations. And when our ambassador is in that building, he is on UK territory. Is that right? So that's how it operates. We are ambassadors from heaven. And wherever we are, that is where the kingdom should be operating from. I know this isn't exactly an exciting Message it's teaching but we need to grasp the principles of what God has invested in us because if around us it's not looking like the kingdom there's a problem and it isn't from the government that sent us out hello we're clearly not rising up to being all that we've been appointed for and what we've been ambassadored for we are bringing heaven onto the earth. So we can't moan, we can't complain because we are it. We have been entrusted with that authority. We have devolved power given to us. Now we hear some of those words being mentioned because in you know, Wales and Scotland, greater levels of power and authority is being devolved to them. You've got it. It's been devolved to us from heaven. It's been transferred. We've been authorised and commissioned, appointed, nominated. Whatever you like to say, God has empowered us, chosen us, selected us, elected us for his kingdom plans and purposes. So I want you to say, yes, I accept that. Good. Okay. So... We've got the task of using that authority to exercise dominion in order to expand and extend the kingdom of God. And we're here to obey his orders and to work in partnership with the Holy Spirit to see God doing those things. He's the head, we're the body. That's good. Okay. Now, here's the other thing as well that I want to say to us, that... Government has been given to us from God as a gift, but we have to steward it and exercise it correctly with humility. If we handle authority rightly, our sphere will grow. Hello. When we started as a church, we met down the road in... The hotel at the bottom of the old Trent Bridge. Yeah, the Queen's. We started there in 1999, January ninety nine, 1999. In the year 2000, we bought the old primitive Methodist church just over the road. We took care of that. We renovated that. We had to move out whilst renovations were being done and moved into a school in Stretton. We tried to look after that school. We stewarded the finances. We tried to lead with humility, do what God was calling us to do. And then we bought the bingo hall. We knocked the bingo hall about and we took care of that and we moved on from that. There was a mighty deluge from heaven Actually, I saw the electrician this morning that was walking his dog that actually put the, the electrics in there and we believe that the, <laughs> there was an electrical fire. I saw Jimmy this morning walking the dog and we said, thank you, Jimmy. Good job. <laughs> the building burnt down and we've moved on. But we have kept growing and moving with God and God, as we've done things correctly, has our sphere grown or not? It's grown. Your sphere will grow as you rightly exercise the authority that God's given you. If you're a business person and you've started your own business, you already have authority in that business. As you bring people in, you delegate authority to others. And as you see them growing and developing and using it correctly, you usually promote them, don't you? If they're Always sitting around, not doing a good job. If they're bad mouthing you or not doing good with the with the customers, you're not going to promote those people. We want to handle what God's given us rightly, so that we can keep growing. When we moved from the bingo hall and we bought this piece of property, we actually went up uh, size wise, footprint wise, ten levels. We went up ten times. We're currently looking to grow and buy land 10 times this size because we believe that God wants us to keep moving forwards and we will have increased territory because I believe we're looking after this place. That's why all of us have the responsibility of stewarding what God's given us, taking care of this in order that God can trust us with more in the spheres that you're in, in the jobs that you have, as you do an even better job than maybe is on your job description, your bosses will recognise, I need to hang on to this person, even if I've got to make others redundant, I need that person because they're indispensable. Do the things sometimes that you've not been called to do that bless your boss. Help him. Help him succeed. Speak well of him. Or her. Yeah, okay. Well, him's not... (laughs) Him's not a gender thing, Jenny. Help them succeed. Do more than you're called to do. Do an excellent job. Be there on time. Make sure that, you know, you're doing everything and beyond because you will, your level will grow and God will see what you're doing. So we need to be able to handle our sphere rightly. But the question is, or the, the, uh, the, the thing is, It will be tested. If God tested Abraham, then surely he's going to test us in what he's given into our hands to do. Now, what happens when we rebel against authority and government? We have anarchy and lawlessness. Now, there's several scriptures uh, about this, but here's a definition of anarchy. It is the absence of government. It is a state of lawlessness or political disorder due to the absence of government and authority. It's also non-recognition of authority. It's important that we always recognise authority. Hello. In how we operate in the church here, it's important that we recognise the authority structure that's in this place in order that we can move rightly and that our words have impact and import. Yes? Authority is really, really important. We don't want anarchy in the house. And wherever there is the absence of of true government, we have that. And we can see that, can't we, in the Middle East being played out with with all of the upheaval that's going on there needs to be government and so we need that government peter says this when the lord then the lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority They are presumptuous, self-willed, and they're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. We need to be careful what we say out of our mouths about those people in authority, either in the church or externally with other people. We need to watch that. And we're going to be more watchful in here as we start going on the web and these services get broadcast out. We've got to be more careful of what we say from the front. So, self-will means self-pleasing and arrogant. We don't want those kinds of people raised up. Anyone who does not submit to godly government and sets themselves up, usurping authority, would be classified as self-governing, self-willed or unsubmissive. And none of us in the house are like that, are we? Okay, one of us... Is not like that. We're not self-governing, self-willed or unsubmissive. The Lord speaks to us and he sets us where he wants us and it should be his government, not our government. So that's a, a key thing. 1 John 3, 4 says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Matthew 24, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness is abounding in the 21st century and we can see its effect on the earth but we know from scripture that we haven't seen anything yet that's going on. Lawlessness and it happens so quickly it's just there under the surface all the time. Somebody starts a riot And all of a sudden, people decide, I can smash that window, I can take those goods that are in that shop, I can walk away with them, it's my right. And anarchy prevails. Is that right? Lawlessness. And then Maria and the police force have to exert the government into those situations. But that anarchy is there. Jesus said this, the Son of Man will send out his angels, they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. So we don't want to be those people. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, Jesus said, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name? made decrees and declarations in the watches in Kingdom Advance Network. We've done many wonders in your name. I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So here's the deal. You can have all the signs that you're a Christian, but not know God because you're a law unto yourself and not under the government of God. So we don't want that, do we, church? We need to help people that we see that are not operating under the government of God, because it won't be good for them. When, Adam, when uh, Satan said to Eve, has God said, he was literally saying, ignore the government of God and govern yourself. And he used the three major sins that all of us get hit with. It says that when the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit. And she and Adam ate of the fruit. In 1 John two sixteen, it says, All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh is, this is going to be good. This food is going to do good. The lust of the eyes, it looks exciting. This fruit looks good. The pride of life, this is going to make me wise. This is going to move me forwards. I'm going to be better than others. It's not of the Father, Jesus said. It's of the world, or John said, it's of the world. The world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. There are people leaving churches all the time because they're self-governed. God isn't calling them to move on, but they're offended or something's not quite working out for them and they're off. We need to be God-governed, not self-willed. Amen? So here's the thing. Don't allow ourselves to be governed by our emotions. This is the other thing. Don't allow yourself to be governed by your emotions. Our emotions are very strong, but they need to be brought into line with our will choosing to go with our spirit. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all of our inward parts. Our spirit is... And will enable us to follow the will of God if we're choosing that. If we're in His Word, if we're spending time in His presence, He will lead us to do His Word. But don't let your soul area dictate to you, because our emotions can be very strong. And in Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight, it says, "He who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that's broken down and without walls." We need to be able to govern ourselves as human beings. Amen. We need to bring ourselves under subjection, as Paul said. He said, I, I beat my body. Now, I don't know that he did that flagellation like some do in some of the church churches, but Paul was saying, I discipline myself in order that I might stay in that place where I can be blessed by God and be a blessing to others. So God wants to govern us to govern ourselves, our spirit man uh, and our bodies, and then govern on his behalf. However, he does not want us to be self-willed because even Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. So Lord, I pray today that Lord, we would be conscious of your will and of your government rule and reign in our hearts and lives. Lord, where the enemy would want to come and try and knock us off track, when he would try and bring suggestions or temptations. Lord, I'm asking right now that every single one of us would be mindful of your word, that we would be people of your word, that we would recognise, Lord, your government in our lives, and Lord, the authority as well that you've given to us. Lord, I pray that we might be ones that stop in our tracks and not allow anything to pull us away from your will, your plans and your purposes. Lord, may our lives be governed by that word. Lord, may your word be such alive to us. Lord, we thank you that it's life, it's health. I pray you'd give us a stronger... Uh, desire for reading your word, Father, and memorizing your word, that, Father, that word might lead us, that word might guide us, as it says in, 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 uh, in the Psalms, that it's a, a light to our feet, a lamp. And a light. And Father, thank you that that light, that lamp leads us, guides us on our pathway. Lord, I pray that that word would be so strong within every single one of us that, Lord, the enemy would not take us off track. Lord, we want to be those that are not self willed, but Lord, we want to be those that recognize the government of God. Lord, where we've allowed others to intimidate us, where we've allowed others to pull us under their control and their leadership. Lord, if, if, if that's something that we've done, Lord, then we repent of that right now in Jesus' name. If you know that you've just allowed others to dictate to you, to maybe manipulate you or control you, just ask God to forgive you. Just release those people. Forgive them. And just decide, God, I'm going to come back to your government in my life, your leadership, not others. If you've been self-willed, then choose today. God, I'm not going to choose my will in the future. I'm going to choose your will, your government over my life. I'm going to allow you to lead me. I'm going to allow you to guide me. And if we've just spoken against others in leadership, let's just ask God to forgive us and just to release us from those things where we, if we've despised authority, like Peter said, let's just deal with that so that we can get that dealt with and that we don't come under judgment. Lord, where we've spoken badly about other leaders, Lord, I ask you to forgive me where I've done that. And, Lord, I pray I might be more mindful of, of, um, Lord, not coming under judgment myself. I I pray, Lord, you'd help me to speak well of others in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we, we want that unity that comes from heaven that enables your government to be strong, to be powerful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: I just heard the Lord say that He's realigning some people, and um, it's very important that you know who you're connected to, because um, what Steve's been talking about. If you're correctly aligned, you should be prospering. Do you, do you hear me? And if we're out of alignment, we will not prosper. And so I just want to make sure, because Steve spoke some very strong things right at the end when we we're just praying that you make sure that you know that the Lord has called you to be aligned with an apostolic house and an apostolic governance. Because if you're not, you stand the risk of being like the man who has, is like a city that is broken down. That's not just about somebody that's... That's just because the body of Christ, that's how the enemy's done a number on us. And I really felt strongly at the end there that the Lord says, I'm going to realign you, but you have to choose. And if you've got an issue with authority, then you can't have two people in authority over you. You're hearing me spiritually. Because you will, you will have a conflict. When a house is going this way and you're trying to put yourself under somebody else's authority, it won't work. I've been there. I've tried it. So... Just make sure that you know what the Lord has called you to and that he's correctly aligned you, you. And if you need us to pray with you about that, Steve and I and David and Irene will be here and Dave and Jill and Kevin Rose. We're here to help you be aligned. And if you're not sure, I'll tell you why, why it's so, I'm so important that if you're not, you'll be vulnerable. You'll feel like I'm not prospering and I'm on the outside and I can't have the blessing of the house. You'll only have the blessing of the house if you're connected rightly. Yes? Amen. That's good. That's good news. Good word. Good news. So thank you, Lord, for what you've done today and you're building your body strong, strong to take out the enemy. Amen. Yeah.